Hello, peoples, and welcome to Esoterica Cinema, the podcast where we take films from the cinematic multiverse and discuss the hell out of them. My name is Jason Peters, and I am here with you for another patented five-minute review. Today's film is Nope, released in 2022, written and directed by Jordan Peele, starring Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer. The film was distributed by Universal Pictures and grossed $171 million against a budget of $68 million. That's right. Jordan Peele is out there making people money. Money, money, money. Description of the film from Google. Two siblings running a horse ranch in California discover something wonderful and sinister in the skies above while the owner of an adjacent theme park tries to profit from the mysterious otherworldly phenomenon. Ooh. This is Jordan Peele's third film, and it has to be said that with it, he establishes himself as an exceptional horror director. He's one of the current masters of tone and suspense, and I love the way that he even lets his obvious comedic chops shine here and there without letting it overtake the film. He always knows that first and foremost he's making a horror film, but he does sort of take these little winks and nods and moments and aside to just have fun with it, right? Because that's what he's here to do, provide you with an awesome, thrilling experience. For a guy that got his start in silly sketches on cable television, he has a wonderful eye. He has some amazing compositions and some amazing dolly work with some really creative push-ins, and he's got some really exceptional camera work. I was very, very impressed with the visual language, and he's really impressive as well when he needs to slow things down and draw out the suspense, right? I think he does a great job of that, even maybe a little bit too much. This is a somewhat longer horror film at two hours and 15 minutes, and it's probably best described as a, a sci-fi horror. It's definitely not a true horror, and it really works as both. Now, part of the reason that it looks so great is because it was shot by a gentleman, and I'm probably going to butcher his name, but it definitely looks to me like it's pronounced Hoyt Van Hoytema, and he is just an absolute super stud out of Switzerland. This guy is so in demand that he's Chris Nolan's guy, not for every single film, but he did Interstellar, Dunkirk, and then his recent Tenant. He did Spectre for who I believe is Sam Mendes, if I have it correct. And then he did The Fighter for David O. Russell. So this guy is just working with the absolute heavyweights of Hollywood and is just crushing the cinematography game. These are all wonderfully shot films. And this film looks just as good of any of those, if not better. Great, wonderful eye candy. Another thing to love about this film is the acting. I really thought that the film was carried by Kiki Palmer as Emerald. She has a wonderful energy and charisma that carries us through this roughly 135-minute length. And whereas Daniel Kaluuya is probably the protagonist of this film, it really, it kind of, both of them share the screen for most of the film. But you would, you would say that he's probably the protagonist. And while he plays it very understated, and I don't have a problem with understated performances, I don't know how well the decision served the film. I definitely can sense that the film was written that way and that, Jordan Peele envisioned the character that way. Also worth mentioning that Daniel Kaluuya's father, who has a brief cameo in the beginning, and I think one other somewhere in the movie, played by the great Keith David. Anytime you get Keith David in a film, you know it's going to be fantastic. And again, even though it's brief, he's always welcome. Another odd decision is there's a cinematographer character 
played by Michael Wincott. And this was another really odd choice. I, I believe that the reason they had to do it was to lend a sense of stakes to the third act. He's played in this sort of really creepy, like gravelly voiced way. It, it kind of sounds like Mads Mikkelsen channeling the Dosekis most interesting man in the world. Stay thirsty, my friends. And like, I, I it's just, and, and so he's, he's, Almost played in this foreboding sort of like, don't go down there sort of way, right? But also in this very aloof and and it's a really, really interesting creative decision. But I don't know how congruent it is with the rest of the decisions made in the film. I also kind of felt the same way about the Stephen Ewan character. He plays the owner of Jupiter's Claim, which is a nearby theme park that's going to basically set up the primary plot point of the film. And this is another element of the film that I thought was interesting in and of itself, but it just felt half-baked. You know, this whole theme park element, and I understand from just doing a little bit of research that this is supposed to be a sort of commentary on the monetization of spectacle. But look, let's be honest. Spectacle has been monetized forever, for as long as people have been around, and even cinematically for a hundred years since King Kong did it back in 1966. And I don't feel its inclusion is earned because it really doesn't come back to anything in the third act. There's no real reinforcement of that theme. It's it's there in the setup and then it goes away and it's never really brought up again. So I'd have to say that it was an interesting setup that was left undercooked. It's also odd in the way that it doesn't explain itself in the end. And the sort of exactly what this UFO creature thing is. I will say that I think it's best served that way. But what was interesting is the 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 language and the tone of the film was absolutely set up as though there was going to be a big twist at the end. So the film kept letting me know like, okay, you know, here it is. Here's some of this. What is it? Is it this? Is it that? And then by the end, it didn't tell me, which would have been fine. Again, I don't think... It's kind of the way that people feel like they need to explain a lot of the traditional horror slashers, right? Like, Michael Myers is actually creepier if you don't give him a backstory and he's just this faceless killing machine. And I think that if you do something similar here with this UFO creature, it can have a similar effect, but just don't then set these little moments in the film that set me up to have a big reveal. And then the big reveal is that there's no reveal. That's like some Shyamalan village bullshit. We don't even need to get that. You can hit me up for a nice long rant if you want, and I'll go on a huge rant about the village. Don't do that here, though. But it wasn't enough to detract from the film. I still really, really enjoyed the film. And I also really liked that at the end of the day, the UFO creature was pretty unique. I can't say that I've really seen that creature in films before. The closest that I had seen is it reminded me of one of the angels from the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion, which, by the way, we covered in a bonus season about a year back. So if you have seen that anime, please go find that. We do a five-episode deep dive on it. But I would have to say that the UFO creature reminded me of one of the angels, which has not really been projected or displayed in sci-fi or horror in either element. So I thought that worked. I enjoyed it. And look, the film is a fun ride, you know? It's got exciting and suspenseful scenes. It's got a strong sense of mystery, even if it's sort of under-revealed by the end. It's got this gorgeous cinematography. And it's got what I found to be a very thrilling 30-minute third-act cat-and-mouse climax. I thought it was really well done. Again, the after the initial shock of not getting that reveal, 
everything kind of works and I can see it. I think I would even enjoy it a little bit more on a second viewing. So I'm looking forward to watching it again sometime. Three adjectives for you for nope. Suspenseful, a hyphenated one here, technically proficient and unique. All of this amounting to four out of five stars for nope. Really enjoying it. And I can see that rating actually going up a little bit on a second viewing. Do want to remind you, you can find us on the social media at Esoterica Cinema on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us, esotericacinema at gmail.com. We do have the hotline. Let us know what you thought about Nope. Call us. We'll put you on the air. 818-483-6285. Leave a message. And then, of course, check out the website, esotericacinema.com, where you can listen to all of our current episodes and more. This has been Jason Peters for Esoterica Cinema. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. Enjoy the movies. We'll see you next time.